play on the far sideline by Schroeder. Flings it over his shoulder, goes off the glass and into the hands of the Raptors. How about that control of the ball? Schroeder turns around, passes back out to Pascal, far wing. Yes, sir! He's been quiet all night, but Pascal with a monster bucket right there. And you've got to love the effort from the Toronto Raptors right now to extend the lead to six. Towns has it, down low, looking for Gobert, poked away by OG. What a defensive play. The kick ahead to Barnes. He milks the clock and then slams it down. I love it. A little showmanship and a little heads-up play from Scotty. Puts a little icing on the cake with 19 seconds to go. Toronto inbounds, and that'll do it. The Toronto Raptors beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 97-94. Fan Morning Show, Sports at 590 The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Rock fight to start the season yeah, for the Toronto Raptors. And if you're going to get into a rock fight, you better have more rocks. The Raptors <laughs> did. <laughs> the throwback 97-94 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Playoffs are back on. Never mind. Okay. It's the Timberwolves, right? Yeah. Which is not a, a, a team that you think of at the very top of the Western Conference pile, but that's a team it's that... not at the bottom either. No. Well, they were a playoff team a season ago. They took a game off the Nuggets in the first mm -hmm. round. Yeah. No, that's, it's, it's a team that is very much invested in being better than they actually are because they gave up all the first round picks and yeah. Walker Kessler for Rudy Gobert. Okay. <laughs> still still all these years later. Okay. Um, that's what you want to do. Uh, so it's, it's a... Pretty good win in Darko Ryakovich's head coaching debut and kind of reminded me of uh, Charlie Montoyo getting the, remember his first managerial win for the Blue Jays, how they put him in the, I, the, I think it was like one of the laundry carts in the shower the and, they, cart, and they, yep. they sprayed the uh, shaving cream all over him. And that was an exciting How'd little moment. End? Well, not so great. So okay. hopefully for Darko, it works out better uh, than it did for Charlie Montoyo, but game one, pretty good result. Yeah, I don't know what the Balkan version of bongo drums are. I don't know if Coach Darko has those mm. in, in his... Uh, I imagine in, it's like a horn or something. No, actually, it's like a string instrument. Right. It's some type of not ukulele, but something like mm -hmm. some... If a ukulele and a banjo had a cousin and it was made out of a gourd, <laughs> I have a feeling they'd be playing it over there. I just... Okay, I can't... Now I just can't get it out of my head. I had a roommate. We, we've all had room... A lot of us have had... Of a gourd. Well, because I had a roommate who, when I was in my University of Windsor, not that it was from the Balkans or anything, but he just got really into the sitar and he's like, I'm playing a sitar. different and part of the world. Yeah, I know, but it's made out of a gourd and it just, it, it is? always, yeah, like the traditional oh, one. Okay. Yeah, like I think now. Not the day, one that was no, like think, in Beatles songs, no, think, right? Well, I don't know. I feel like those guys might have loved tradition <laughs> and mm. opium, but that's neither here nor there. All right. Back, back to the Raptors. Sitars, opium, gourds. Back to the Raptors. Three minutes into the show. I told you I was tired today. It's <laughs> not my fault. Uh, yes, back to the Raptors. Very exciting. Uh, we get the dulcet tones of Eric Smith bringing us in. Mm. He's saying, bust it, I imagine. There's triples that are coming from the west side. Everything uh. is all right in the world again now that we have Raptors basketball. And, hey, slightly different Raptors team as promised, maybe. I don't want to get... I don't want to overstate what this means, but you, you set it up there. I mean, this is a Timberwolves team that is... No one wants to overstate what they are, but don't understate it either. And the other thing is that what did we, 
I mean, the Raptors struggled with, uh, you know, a lot in the game of basketball last year. But what's been the Raptors kind of bugaboo for a couple of years now? It's been size, teams with lots of it. And obviously, say what you will about some of the taller players they have in, in Cat and Gobert, but they got a lot of size on that Timberwolves team. And it didn't really, you know, ruin the night for the Raptors. It was something they, they were able to, you know, deal with quite easily, honestly. And that was the biggest thing that jumped out to me, the, the, the amount of assists. A lot a lot to like uh, in, the, in the opening game for the yeah. Raptors. I mean, the half-court offense looked pretty pretty similar oh, to, yeah. to what we've seen from this team. Better get and, stops if you want to score. Yeah, um, but they can score in transition. That's that's all well and good. Uh, when the games get more important, it's more difficult to do that, mm-hmm. to get out and run. But the, the Raptors look good um, in transition, on the run. They looked really good defensively. You know what was ringing around in my head was our conversation with Michael Grange yesterday and talking about... The path to to being better than the forty one win team that they were a season ago, despite yep. the loss of a of an all star and an all time Raptors great Fred Van Vliet in free agency to the Houston Rockets, who who got pounded in. He he shot the ball well from three, especially in the second half yesterday. But um, yeah, you know what gets lost in the discussion is that Dennis Schroeder's like pretty good player, and and there's not an unreasonable discussion to be had about whether you'd rather have Dennis Schroeder on two years, 25 million or Fred Van Vliet on three years, $128 million. Like Fred Van Vliet, better player. There's just, there's no debate about it. Is he that much better in game one? It's hard to argue with the results that we're getting from a, from a Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, it's, it is game one of 82. And there are things outside of just even the, the play on the court mm-hmm. that are impactful sure. uh, when it comes to Fred Van Vliet. And it's part of the reason why the Rockets invested as much as they did into him. But yeah, I, I think maybe we get lost a little bit in the sauce and forgetting that Dennis Schroeder is a very capable player. And 22 points, the first Raptor to, to score 20 in their debut since Kawhi Leonard oh. in, a, in, a, in a pretty important 18-19 season for the Toronto Raptors, he took 17 shots, but like at no point in the game did it look like he was forcing it or or no. playing hero ball. Like that was, I, if I'm looking at one takeaway from an individual player, his his performance yesterday was it. Yeah, it was it was interesting watching Schroeder because obviously Van Vliet is the guy he's replacing, but even you know go back to Kyle Lowry and the Raptors have always or you know in this era of Raptors basketball, they've had these kind of slower, more plodding take their time, survey the defense. And not to say that Dennis Schroeder plays like his hair's on fire, but he's just a more nimble, quick, agile athlete than either Van Vliet or Lowry were. And that's not, again, not say he's a better player, but that was just the most jarring thing for a team that for, I mean, was Lowry's tenure start 2012. So over a decade, they have had a smaller point guard who likes to kind of walk it up, survey the landscape, see how things are going. And that's just not Dennis Schroeder's game at all. You know, you mentioned the 17 shots he takes. I think it's eight threes. He ends up shooting 50% uh, from from distance in that game. And, you know, not not say you're going to bank on that every single time for him or how well the team as a whole shot the ball yesterday, the the team shooting 40% from deep. But it's just, it, it was a encouraging thing for a guy who, plays such a different style with there being some carryover on the roster that it was able to kind of filter in so so seamlessly and you know so much of the conversation with this team is going to be about who has the ball how much usage there is and for Schroeder to kind of be already finding his way in that regard again you know that it's easy to find your way when you're winning and you're doing it against a good team we'll see what happens when things maybe don't go so well if everyone's so happy with the roles they have but yeah very uh, very encouraging first start from Schroeder and I, I don't think we can 
you know, we spend so much time, rightfully so, talking about Canada at the FIBA World Cup. And I don't want to overstate what it means that, you know, all of a sudden Dennis Schroeder's going to have some leap and he's an all-NBA guy. No, that's not going to happen. But it doesn't it doesn't mean nothing that he was the player he was for Germany and yeah. won the MVP and they won the whole thing. So, yeah, I think I think if anybody's going to be set for a little leap this year from a Raptors perspective, obviously the one you're hoping for and you need is Barnes, but he's as good a secondary candidate as any. Yeah, Scotty Barnes was okay. Like, offensively, he had his moments. But, yeah, the blocks and steals, he was all over the place. Tying a, a career high with his five blocks in the game, a uh, couple of steals as well. as Yeah, the, the defense is going to be the calling card for this Raptors team. Can they figure out the half-court offense enough to, to overcome some isolation scoring shortcomings? They shot the ball well from three, though, yesterday. as a team that's 28th in the NBA mm-hmm. in three-point shooting percentage a season ago. 40% buoyed, uh, of course, by Dennis Schroeder's uh, 4 of 8, but uh, Uji Ananobi was 4 of 9 as well. I mean, 20.7 to 13 shooting. Um, so the the couple things I was looking for in the new Darko Ryakovich tenure is, yeah, how different would the offense look? Would they move the ball around? There was 27 assists on 36 made field goals, so a step in the right direction there. But, like, yeah, again. 14 by, of 18 in the first half, though. Yep. <laughs> uh, by and large, though, the, the half-court offense looks pretty similar, I must say. So yeah, it's clunky. Yeah, and then that's maybe that's that's the, the area that we'll see the most improvement, the, the area that takes the most time as well to see his his new style of play implemented in. But the, the other thing is the minutes, right? And it, they did run a quote-unquote 10-man rotation, although it was a nine-man, right? <laughs> yeah, like, it was very cute of them to get Grady Dick in there. I honestly thought it was a great move, though, because you know who wanted that? Everybody at yeah. Scotiabank Arena yeah, yesterday. Uh, Brent Gunning sitting on his couch. Yeah, and, and he got a, a big pop and like hey. the, the, the one shot he took where he t- tried the reverse yes. layup with the ball going. Like I almost thought the ball slipped out of his hand. He <laughs> threw that thing so high in the air. But that was like everybody was just waiting for the Grady Dick moment and it didn't quite happen. He only got the two minutes and didn't see the court in the second half at Assist. all. Assist. Uh, yeah, I did. Get, I did, couldn't tell you. I remember the assist. No, I can't either. But he is not a trillionaire. Uh, <laughs> no. Shout out to Mark Titus or a two trillionaire. <laughs> yeah, he got an assist. No points. Only took the one shot in two minutes. So was, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't play at all in game number two. So essentially, a nine-man rotation. Malachi Flynn was the guy that that many Raptors fans mm. pointed to as mm. uh, not getting enough run a season ago. Well, he's part of the rotation and uh, hit that one three. Uh, which was very important for him because if he didn't make that three, it's just like nothing but negative takeaways because every second he was on the floor, it was either the the ball was going through the hoop or he was taking a foul. Four fouls in 10 minutes, minus 14 when he was on the court. The 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 only time this this game got close and, and the Raptors looked like they were giving up the lead is when he was on the court with the second unit. So perhaps Nick Nurse was on to something. And and not giving him the most run a season ago. Yeah, there was one moment, and you never want to make a game about it, but it was it was a two on one or a three on two, and Flynn was in the middle of the court, and it was just the most telegraphed pass to the wing of all time. Yeah, Timberwolf, I forget who it was, grabbed it, goes back the other way. It's the easiest two points in transition that has arguably ever been had in in NBA history, and for a player who is supposed to be the you know he's he's not overly athletic, he's not overly big. Not a great defender. You got to gotta be the smart guy who doesn't do that. And if you're going to telegraph a pass in that way, and again, it's just one play, but I also think it's kind of a microcosm of what's been the problem. <laughs> you know, it's the old office space. Like, 
what is it you do around here? Yeah. And generally speaking, in the NBA, there's got to be a thing. You have to have a job. And say what you will about Grady Dick, who, again, there's a reason he only played two minutes last night, but he's there to shoot. Malachi Flynn, not necessarily there to to do that. So I, you know, this is a player I've had some high hopes for in the flashes we've seen in the past. I have wondered if maybe there's a little more there. And hey, it's one game. You don't want to make it make too much out of it. But yeah, certainly uh if you're if you're looking at just scoreboard, Coach Darko, Coach Coach Nurse, uh, yeah, I think I think it's a I think it's pretty easy to say Nick Nurse looking right right now. Yeah, uh, one game does not make a career for for Malachi Flynn. Uh, again, made the three, and that's largely what he's going to be asked to do is is make his open shots. He took one three, he made it. But yeah, you you got to keep yourself on the floor defensively. You can't be taking four fouls in ten minutes, and you can't be a minus fourteen. Um, as the the leader of uh, the second unit for this Raptors, team. but if he if and there was the one shot he took it, he made it. If you're gonna prove as somebody who can make your shots on this team, there's gonna be a role for you because this team is just gonna struggle with spacing. I mean, that's part of the reason why Pascal Siakam, we haven't even really mentioned him, struggled from an efficiency standpoint. The way he did is just you have Pirtle, you have Pascal, you have Scotty Barnes. There's not a lot of natural spacing with those guys on the floor. So if Flynn can prove to be a capable shooter, if Grady Dick can do the same thing, there's going to be minutes for those guys because you just you need it to, to open things up. Yeah, I, if the, the Grady Dick thing happens, I don't think it's going to happen until at least a quarter of the way through the season, if not just the, the second half. It's just he, This is not an uh, unusual position for no. a young player like him who's not a, like a top player. 10 lottery selection yep. uh, to ease their way into. Yeah, if, if this was a team with bottom of the barrel expectations, you'd be seeing Grady Dick maybe in the starting five. But this is, say what you will about the 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 ceiling of this Raptors team. It's a team that expects to be at least in the mix as far as the playoffs are concerned in the Eastern Conference. And that means that Grady Dick's got to earn his way into the rotation. Anyways, nice way to start the season. And I think imp- an important way to start the season with not just a new head coach, but a first-time NBA head coach. We'll talk mm-hmm. to Alvin Williams about this later on. I do I do wonder about, you know, established veteran NBA players getting skeptical of a first-time brand-new NBA mm. head coach if things start off a little bit slowly and all the things that he's preaching, all the changes he's trying to make don't pay immediate dividends if you start to get skeptical. So, I, I mean, that still might happen, but I, I think for... For one 48-minute basketball game, I think that's that's it's an important victory to have under your belt. It's an important proof of concept to have that Darko Royakovich's system can 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 improve on what was a 41-win team. Yeah, it's interesting where I, I mean, obviously, I guess to a certain extent where I immediately go with that is with Pascal and the buy-in that there'd be from that player. Because, I mean, Scotty Barnes, you know, he's established, but he's still a fairly young player. You look at a guy like Presley Shachua, and, you know, this is overstating it in a mean way, but it doesn't really matter what he thinks about the head coach in a grand, grand scheme of things. It's your... Dennis Schroeder types who would have maybe that, okay, I've been around the block. I've played on, you know, I played on the Lakers with LeBron. I know what it's like to be in a circus of different coaches and different atmospheres. And everything you heard about a guy like Schroeder coming in was just glowing about, about coach Darko and the, you know, the type of development he could do, the type of person he is. So it really does seem like that buy-in the, not the worry about it being there, but it has to come from the guys kind of internally. So that's the other interesting part about it is that with the coaching change and there being enough carryover on this roster that you're not so much worried about it from the outside pieces that have come in and Dennis Schroeder, you're worried about it for your, you know, your Yakum Pirtles, your Pascal Siakams, your Scotty Barnes of the world. Uh, early returns on, on who Darko is yeah. uh, in game. 
oh, what a sweetheart. He Very just nice. seems like I just I love the 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 mic'd up portion of of uh, the broadcast. Yeah, he just seems like the nicest fella. Uh, and then secondarily, I'm gonna have to get used to. A Raptors head coach who doesn't look like he's about to erupt in fury every time there's like a slight disagreement with an official. That was the, jarring. Yeah, that the Nick Nurse oeuvre of reaction shots to officials making calls that he disagreed with. Like they, you can go through the GIF library oh, yeah. and there's like 20 upper level Great yes. Nick Nerf, Nerf, I mean, the, Nurse reaction. The famous gifts. one is the mouth agape. Yeah, that yeah is, I tweeted that one that out yesterday. It's so good. It's very, very it's good. It depends was, on what point in that gif you start it because it does look like he's yawning. But yeah. he's, <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the thing about it is that give it time. Don't you worry. This team plays in enough games that matter. You're going to have your fair share of Coach Darko screaming you mad. Think? Yeah. Maybe he's just a sweetheart. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of sweethearts that have coached. And guess what? If you want to win, you're going to be in moments yeah. that matter. And you're not always going to feel like, oh, shucks, the call <laughs> went against us. That's how it has to be as a as a young head coach. You don't get to go out there screaming like a lunatic. And quite honestly, if Nick Nurse wasn't an NBA champion, I don't know that he gets to scream like a lunatic at the officials the way he does. But he is. So he gets to. And people can quibble with that. They can feel however they want about it. Them's the rules. So with a guy like Coach Darko, I think that's just how it's going to be. I'm not saying that's an act or something he puts on. I think it's pretty pretty close to who he is. He seems like, a, to your point, an earnest guy. But I also think that just goes with the territory of being a rookie head coach. And, you know, I don't know how much this stuff actually matters. But on the Canadian team, the lowly Raptors, all that kind of stuff. Like, you don't get to be demonstrative to the officials, at least not right away. When are you going to break out Ryakovic? Like, when are you going to nope, say I'm good. Ryakovic? I'm like, good. For the first time. Like, I'm just, good. Come on, let's say it. Coach Darko. <laughs> all right, Raptors next in action uh, in Chicago tomorrow night. Against the Bulls. Uh, Leafs in Dallas. No, I have one more Raptors thought. Okay. we're probably not going to get to later. Okay, get to your Raptors thought. It's actually not a Raptors thought. It's an Anthony Edwards thought. I was uh, supposed to be terrified of this guy. And yeah, watching well, he the got game, the, the OG clamps on I, him. I know, and, and that's the thing. Like, kudos to OG, but every conversation I had surrounding the FIBA World Cup, and I actually talked with Alvin a lot. He'd come in uh, studio when he was doing these games, so really, really happy to get to talk to him later. But so much of the talk, as much as we talked about Shea in Canada, was that that was the guy who was going to take the most out of that FIBA experience and is just such a lineage of lead USA dog on the secondary team becoming just a dog among NBA, among the NBA hierarchy. And look, it's one game. I'm not going to say Anthony Edwards is no good. Guess what? He's very, very good at basketball, but for a team that is in the window or the spot you think it's in for the Raptors to have that guy come in and just quite honestly, not be overly concerned about the effect he was going to have on the game. I don't want to overstate it. It's not that he was terrible, yeah, but it just, yeah, just 26 go, and 14, but it never felt like he was, he never felt undeniable. It never felt like there was no answer for this. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just goes to show you what a, what an incredible defender. OG yeah. Is, what honestly. a weird team. Uh, because yeah, they have him. He, he's like borderline superstar for sure. Anthony Edwards he thinks is. he is go ask him. Um, they have Carl Anthony Towns, who's an all-star. And, I mean, who didn't think that that was a, a key cog to oh. a, f- a future championship One contender? Guy. One guy, Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah. He and Andrew Wiggins were supposed to mm-hmm. yeah, not yeah. so much. Uh, and then Rudy Gobert, like defensive player of the year yep. type player. And, again, four first-round picks and Walker Kessler and yeah. all that. And, yeah, just easily Weird disposed team. of by Weird. a 41-win team. <laughs> 
Weird team. <laughs> and it's weird, 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 weird team. <laughs> so it's the other side of things. Like, yeah, Raptors fans want this either this choice of either all in or or pu- pulling back and accumulating assets and building around the young players and not being in the mushy middle. You know what? You know what? It just the other to me. side of it can be this Timberwolves team that decided they were all in when they probably shouldn't have. Yeah, def. I mean, definitely don't. When in doubt, don't be the Timberwolves. That's mm-hmm. been a safe adage for all of eternity, quite honestly, and will probably continue to be. It just occurred to me, I think this Raptors team is going to be like the buddy we all have uh, in in our golf world mm. who can uh, go shoot 64 or mm. go shoot 104 on That's any me. given day. Not and 64. Yeah, no, I know. I didn't settle down 64. <laughs> but we all have this. If you're a golfer, you have this friend and, you know, replace the numbers with whatever makes sense in your world. But where the lows are equally as great as the uh, the highs are bad. And that honestly does feel like what this Raptors team is going to be. They're going to be, I don't know, pick your team that you mm. think is a superstar or a superpower in the NBA where they're going to go toe-to-toe and have a hard-fought loss. And then they are going to get the doors blown off them by the Hornets at some point in time this year. It, it does just feel the Raptors, they have the highest possible ceiling. But because of some of the issues we talked about, the floor is pretty low too. Man, I played so well yesterday. You had to text me about it. You were so proud. I sent a few texts around. Really? I don't do that. <laughs> you were, you were, and I... I did not give you enough of what you wanted with just no, that's fine. It's well fine. done. I gave you an exclamation point. I, I even <laughs> edited the text so it didn't say wheel done. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. That was a lot of caring for I, me. I am. I'm so like, obviously we're running out of golf season here. Boy, I'm, I'm going to play Friday. looks like good weather, but I, ha, I, I'm, trying to decide whether I should go out on a high. Like, should I wait this until... This is literally happening to me. I shot my career low the last time I played. Do Are I... you going to play again? I don't know. Like The weather I... was too good yesterday, and the weather this week, like, to end the week is going to be so good, and it's about to close in. Next week's going to be garbage. Single-digit feels... highs. Now, I know I would go out and play terribly, yeah. but it feels dumb to not try to have lightning strike twice. Yeah. yeah. I'm going I'm gonna... to... Well, I'm definitely going to play tomorrow. Yeah. But we'll see. That that might be it. I it's, I usually have at least a couple rounds in November, though, so we'll see. Anyways. We should have talked to Granger about this yesterday. I, he would have had a lot of insight <laughs> on the matter. <laughs> he would. Uh, Leafs, anything else on, on the Raptors? Because I, I feel like I do this quite often. Like, I change the subject, and you're like, no. one more no, thing. No, because I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't do a good job of reading when you were, and then it was just like, and Leafs. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm good on Raptors. I'm good. Okay. For now. Last chance. Uh, Wembin, now we'll do yeah. Wemby later. <laughs> yeah, and we'll do Raptors later again. Uh, lots of Raptors coming up in the show. Alvin Williams later on. Leafs in Dallas tonight. Jake Ottinger against Joseph Wall, although we haven't Probably. been confirmed either starter. Uh, Jake Ottinger, good. Jake Ottinger having an insane start to this season. Jake Ottinger, former U.S. developmental team teammates with mm. Joseph Wall. Uh, he's first round pick and Joe's Wall third round pick and also yeah former college teammates um, they know each other rather rather well we'll see if there's a head to head matchup to to come here like that's obviously man um, if if Joseph Wall could be like some even reasonable facsimile of yeah, Jake would take <laughs> uh, here's the, here's where I thought it would be an interesting place to take the the Joseph Wall discussion cuz sure. you don't you don't want to get ahead of yourself, right? No, no one does. And I think I've been kind of leading the charge on tapping the brakes a little bit on the Joseph Wall because of the the lack of sample, right? Mm-hmm. That the health has been an issue, but just like 
the last year was the first year he really emerged with the eye-popping numbers that he did yep. both in the American League and then in brief sample at the National Hockey League. But it must be said now, like, you carry over the, what, three games that he's appeared in this year and the 10 that he played in last year during the regular season. Among goalies who have played at least 10 games over the past two seasons, he's second in five-on-five -five save percentage and second in goal saved above average Per 60. Mm, so now we're allowed that one. No, no, you no. You called me a nerd face yesterday when I Yeah, when I threw that I, at listen, you. I called you a nerd, but not like that's a nerd calling. It's like, hey, welcome, nerd. It's like, yeah, yeah we no. made eye contact. And it's Ew. like a couple of nerds doing Ew. nerd stuff. Um, so the, the, I think the, the common refrain when talking about Leafs goaltending over the last couple of years, and especially when they went out and, and got the tandem of Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, it was like, Hey, if one of these guys emerges as like a average to slightly above average goal, like the, you're, this team is not supposed to be built on elite goaltending. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be. It just needs somebody who's not going to kill you on a night-to-night -night basis. Like, what if, Brent, like it's, it's a non-zero chance that Joseph Wall is better than that. Like, what if Joseph Wall is a, is a top 10 goaltender in the National Hockey League? And you know what? There's a, there's a statistical case to be made that Ilya Samsonov was this last year especially with the high danger save mm -hmm. percentage and the overall save percentage. But, like, what if Joseph Wall is, in fact, what he showed to be at the American League level and what he's shown to be in limited sample at the National Hockey League level? I think the problem that a lot of people have with that conversation and my where my mind immediately goes is that, for me, there is not a big separation between, I don't know, whoever you say is the ninth, eighth best goalie in the NHL and whoever you say is the 24th best goalie in the NHL. On any given week, we feel very differently about those guys. But if you just took a, if we did like the old like college football poll of like we ranked all the goalies in the NHL one to 30 every week, let me say the guys from again, like eight to 24, they'd be a lot closer than you would maybe think. And it, so I think that's the reason why people have a hard time with this conversation of Wald is that you need such a, because I don't think even the people who are the most, okay, let's pump the brakes. I think they think Joe Wall could be the 20th best goalie in the NHL right now. Like, I don't think that's crazy to say. And then you just, the problem is to go from that to, again, whatever your club is, however big the number is, you just need such a body of work to see it. Mm. And we're not going to see that until basically a year is is up here and that's only happening if Joe Wall really steals the net from Samsonov which I think everyone thinks is happening right now but I don't think it's everyone is of the belief that this is a certainty and it's never going to change at any point in time this year I think that's the problem people have with it here's what I think is a certainty mm. Joseph Wall is at least a league average goaltender of course like I like I think Joseph Wall is a top 15 goaltender in the National Hockey League. I, I, I feel like that's the floor. We've seen enough, again, small sample in their goal. I think a lot of people will say you have not seen enough if it's, what is it, 13 games in the NHL? Or he something? has played 14. How okay. dare you? Sorry. And 14 again, games. I have been somebody. Save percentage of 931. Oh, and you're like Jake Ottinger's uh, 952 save percentage this season? How about Joseph Wall's 958? Yeah, I just like that Jake Ottinger has the body of work to do it. That's that's what you need with goaltending is you need to get a chance to be the guy. Mm -hmm. And the difference here is that 
I think the people will be a little hesitant because every conversation around him, we're all doing the thing where we talk about how good he is, but hey, no one's anointing him. No one's saying he's the guy. There's this hesitancy to do it. And I think part of the other reason for that is you mentioned the Samsonov numbers there. Go back and look at the Jack Campbell numbers for his run. We have just, that's the other part of it is that well, he is and now. Well, want to talk about pedigree. A couple of guys in Samsonov and, and Campbell with pedigree. I First mean, and, picks, yeah. and Ottinger with pedigree. It's different than a third round pick. And I think I, and I think that's the other part of it is why people are pumping the brakes a little bit of, okay, we saw this movie. Jack Campbell was the savior, and then he wasn't. And Ilya Samsonov was the savior, and then he wasn't. Joe Wall, he's supposed to be the savior. Okay, great. Let's can we see it for more than six months? Because we didn't, we weren't able to get that run out of any of those other guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, you're right. The National Hockey League sample is short. You know what? It must be said that even the AHL sample is yes. short. Like I said, it like last year was the first time that it happened at any level mm-hmm. outside of college for Joseph Wall. But damn, was he good with the Marlies last year, right? Yep. In 27 games, 927 save percentage. Carried it over in limited sample at the National Hockey League level. We saw him in the postseason taking over in not ideal circumstances. Mm-hmm. Again, the the numbers were all there. And then this year as well, like that's – the sample is growing. You're right. We're talking about Jay Gottinger who has over 100 yeah. games doing this. But in the 14 games that he's played at the NHL level, 931 save percentage. Nobody's going to have a 931 no. save percentage in, in 2023. Maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, the, I, I just – you, you're allowed to dream is what I would say. Well, you, you can dream on him him being a 9-15 save percentage guy in the NHL. And it's not unfounded dreaming. Even before we saw this, and again, I don't want to overstay what the run is. It's 14 games. But even before we saw this, because, you know, I had a lot of conversations last year surrounding, we all did, surrounding Murray and his health and Samsonov and how much should Wall be thought of as, Forget what he is now, just an option. Ah, you see this guy in the American League. Couldn't he get a look? Should he get a look? You go listen to all the goaltending people, the you know, the Kevin Woodleys of the world. They yeah. were all saying right. that's the guy. I like that guy better well, than Samsonov. I like that guy better than Murray. So that is what I think leads the most credence to the argument is that the people who actually know the position, <laughs> they like him. We have to do this thing because it's so weird. It's like we all watch every, like hockey every night and so much, and we see goalies, but we don't really know. Here's what we here's what we know. Yeah, I didn't like that push. Looked a little <laughs> slow. I will say, but if we're doing that. Yeah, he you know he looks calm in the net. Right? He looks so, and but that again, given what we know about the person, yes, he's just unflappable, he's completely unfazed. I don't. I, Mastomi I, called him Carey Price. I somehow missed this uh, in the aftermath of it, and I'm sure this was just um, like a little bit of the slip of the tongue. He was talking about Alex Ovechkin as though he had died in the post game. He said <laughs> he was a great shooter. He had a great time in the NHL. Uh, yeah. So and he I, killed him. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, Ovi still scored in that game. So kind of a wild thing to yeah. say, but. I mean, I love the looked like he had no chance on the penalty shot, though. Really didn't. Uh, he, I think, I think he actually told Joe Wall what he was going to do before was, he touched the puck. It was very obvious he was going I, back in there. My kid weird. is eight years old. Like, I feel like he's got a better shot at scoring on a breakaway <laughs> than Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, maybe like he should have a breakaway stick that is not like the banana curve. Yeah, maybe for, for for the for the penalty shot. Maybe. Anyways, it'd be cool to see uh, Joseph Wall against Jake Ottinger. I expect that to be. I would imagine ending matchup. Tonight. I would imagine. Every time I think of Jake Ottinger, I just remember, I think it might have been during last year's playoffs, but maybe it was two ago of, 
And it's just so funny what a story this would be if they showed Ottinger in the pregame warm-up and he's, like, taking his helmet off and there's never been a more sunburned individual <laughs> in my life. And just imagine Willie Nylander showing up with a sunburn before a playoff game, the oh. conversations that would be had in this market. And I, I honestly don't know if anyone in Dallas ever noticed. I tweeted it out because I thought it was hilarious, but it was far from a thing. God. Yeah. Jake Ottinger. Sheldon Keefe couldn't show up with a sunburn without it being a topic. Jake Ottinger arriving on the scene in that seven-game series against the Flames in 2022. Yes. I, I've never seen a goaltending it's performance good. <laughs> in, in a series loss uh, than we saw from Jake Ottinger. Yeah, I mean, you go, honestly, it's a little hyperbolic, but you go back to the Jaguar losses for yeah. the Ducks. Like, that's, no, that that's was the it, level man. of play you saw. Statistically, it was like yeah. better than it's that. Remarkable. It's <laughs> remarkable. Stopping 50-plus shots a game. Yeah. Forcing that thing to uh, oh, and game he, seven. And he uh, plays for America. So the Olympics are best on best whenever we get it. God. It'll be tons of fun. Yeah. I've, I've given you my great conspiracy theory about what? this, that they were just tap dancing long enough for America to be good. And now we'll never win another one again. I it's, I mean, uh, personally, I'm not I'm not doubting Crosby, Bedard, and, and McDavid, but it's... Uh, it's a behemoth they're what, building like down there. Jordan Bennington and that, like... You and me, pal. That's the problem, right? Quebec, yeah. get back on it's, creating goals. We all, we all have jobs here, okay? The dub is supposed to be breeding defensemen that are seven feet tall and basically Zdeno Chara, but mm-hmm. just mean. And yeah, Quebec, goalies, let's go. Come on. Ontario, take care of the rest. All right. Uh, anything else on Leafs? We're going to obviously oh, like a million, come up. Yeah, a million other things. Yeah, Can I break I, now? Well, yeah, I was going to let you, but then you say it that way. Like, I have no other thoughts on the Leafs. <laughs> well, we know yeah. you have lo- lots of Leafs thoughts. Anything else on Joseph Wall in this moment in particular that you cannot wait until after 7 o'clock to get to? I'm satiated. <laughs> All right. When we come back, um, Ben Nicholson-Smith, Ran down a couple of different scenarios for the Blue Jays on SportsCenter.ca in a, a spectacular, spectacular off-season primer for the Blue Jays. There was one in particular that I think is going to blow your mind and might actually mm. put Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins back in everybody's good graces. We'll talk about that. Also, Wemby made his debut yesterday, and it didn't result in a victory, but boy, he looked at uh, the full seven foot five freight that we expected him to look that much more next as the fan morning show continues ben annis brent gunning sportsnet 590 the fan fresh views on everything in the national football league it's the fan Checkdown with matt marchese and donovan bennett subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Sportsnet 590, the fan. Ben is Brent Gunning. We weren't going to talk about the Bills here. Right. Feels a little heinous not to now. <laughs> Bills need to win tonight. I would say that. Can confirm. <laughs> I would say that. Ah, uh, boy, that Ooh. narrative is getting away from the Buffalo Bills if they can't beat, uh, yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you in know, the had, year of our Lord 2023. I've had a lot of... Uh, Unserious fraud comments about uh, ye, old, frauds. ye old Miami Dolphins. Yeah. What does that make? I know the Bills beat them in like super handily fashion, but that feels like 10,000 years ago mm-hmm. right now. The Bills need another get right win. Mm-hmm. Boy, do they. Yeah, they do. Thursday nighter. Uh, Bills and Baker. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bills and Baker. Baker, Mayfield. 
coming off the bye last week against the Falcons, couldn't pick up a victory. So now, yeah, they're desperate for a victory as well um, in a terrible division, though. Um, before we get to this Ben Nicholson-Smith uh, story from yesterday and sportsnet.ca and one giant takeaway that I have, mm. tell me if you would react the way that I reacted yesterday. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Okay, so I went out to a, a well-known fast food establishment. Oh, you were in the wild. Okay. For, for, for dinner. Uh, and I actually I didn't go through the drive-thru um, because I, my kid was at hockey practice. It was right next to So anyways, I walked over there. So I was wow. ordering it with a... In front of a human being at you a spoke counter, to a sentient being at a counter. Yeah, okay. and she was taking Choice. my order, and then all of a sudden screams and runs away, and I was like, "That's odd." <laughs> That's. And I looked around. I saw a mouse. Like she oh. ran away because she saw a mouse. Fair, I think. Uh, somebody else returned to the counter, took my order, which I gladly still gave. Would you have continued to to place your order and then consume food? from a fast food establishment that you know at least has one mouse. But if one mouse is visible, uh, I, I think it's pretty safe to say there's more than a few mice that are not visible to the naked eye. I would love to come on here and take the high ground yeah. and say... No, you're like me. Oh, I, I knew exactly the way you were going to go with shame! This. That is disgusting! <laughs> you're already eating fast food. No, you I know. You, That's the way I you, felt about it. You walked over there yeah no in terms of commitments mate what 100%. are you percent what are you gonna do say you grow some mouse and walk back empty-handed someone You're that's s- not me might maybe a better person <laughs> maybe but yeah no i would lo- i would love to have tell you i would feel one percent differently about this from you but no i definitely not oh yeah i enjoyed it, it was delicious yeah. delicious fast food anyways um ben nicholson smith <laughs> hitting hit the off <laughs> anything else on mouse Mouse uh, in fast food joints you want to talk about? I just, I also, Am I going to do this with every topic? I think, I, think yeah, I am. I think you are. I also had fast food for dinner. That's that's all I got there. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's like kind of right in your wheelhouse, though. Yeah. Not to my, say that it's not in mine. No, but Wednesday Wednesday nights are a holy fast food night in my house because my mother picks my kid up and takes him swimming and doesn't bring him home until like right before bed. So it is truly a holy fast food night in my house. All right. Good for you. Yeah. Thanks. But I don't have one uh, circled as far as the day of the week where I get fast food. But yeah, once well, a week for sure. I'd like to be on Treat record. Myself. I, I'd like to be on record. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'm not. I don't get fast food every wednesday but if i'm gonna it's wednesday's a must yeah all right uh ben nicholson smith he he can't get away from the toronto blue jays and thank goodness (laughs) i can't quit you (laughs) there's lots more to come from him as far as content is concerned great great story up right now on sportsnet.ca outlining 10 different scenarios and talking about the likelihood of each one one of those scenarios is shohei otani um, but yeah, the, the, it's, are you per- personally holding your breath on that? I am not. Okay, and neither good. should anybody. Because I else. like you, Ben. I don't want to watch you die. No, but it does feel like, and few people in the market would have their finger on the pulse of the Blue Jays more than Ben Nicholson Smith. But that they're going to have between forty and sixty million in hmm. uh, helpful in dollars to spend this off season. So yeah, you and you can look at the available free agents and the potential trade partners, and you can start to formulate a bit of an idea. I'm not I'm not going to go through all 10 and, hey, what's my favorite? But there was one scenario that really jumped out at me, especially considering the way this season ended from a narrative standpoint with Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, mm-hmm. by which I mean they, they're, they're back to being 
uh, the the big time villains in the market for some reason because mm-hmm. the Blue Jays only won eighty nine games and only scored one run. Don't okay, hold on. Don't say some reason like who. No, I who understand the reason. Understand. Okay, as I know. Long as we all but understand. it's one percent of problems. It is because they did. They made the playoffs and they won eighty nine games and there's a bunch of teams that okay. haven't and they 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 had won ninety plus games the the previous couple of years. Anyways. Not to say that I was impressed with this team and the trades that were made and obviously the two postseason games that they played and some of the decision-making. No, I was not. Got it. But yeah, it's maybe over the top. But the fan base is like back to almost where they were at the conclusion of the 2015 season going into 2016 when they, hey, had to listen to Alex Anthopoulos is not pleased to remain with the organization, but yeah, declining their ginormous contract offer, Mm -hmm. which they were eventually kind of pressured into offering him. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the two headed monster of Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins was at a low point in PR in 2016. They regained a bunch of equity. It's back down, not to that level, but it's much lower than it was when they were winning 91 games in 2021 and then 92 in uh, 2022. What better way to get the fan base on your side than going out and acquiring the greatest Canadian to ever play the game of baseball outside of Ferguson Jenkins and Joey Votto, who it seems is going to play at least one more year. Okay. And it wasn't a great season for Joey Votto coming off shoulder surgery with the Cincinnati Reds, but it was, it was passable. And there are reasons to believe despite the, the age of the player, but with an entirely healthy off season that he can fill the role of a Brandon belt for this baseball team on a one-year deal for maybe even less money than Brandon Belt. What better way to ingratiate yourself, re-ingratiate yourself with the Blue Jays fan base, and secondarily, take the conversation entirely away from John Schneider and his autonomy and Mm -hmm. the Jose Barrios of it all than going out and signing Joey freaking Botto to come back to Toronto and be the face of the 2024 Toronto Blue Jays. Well, I was about to ask you how you feel about it, but I can see the the glint in your eye, and I know how happy it. it would make you. I am the wrong guy to take for this, especially, I think there's two different conversations. I think it's the replacement of Brandon Belt at a particular dollar value, and is that a good way to go about it? Okay, I can hear those arguments. You could not find, I think, a person on earth who has less time for the argument of, boy, the happy, sunny feels of Joey Votto coming back home. I have no time for this. I still remember when he had to come on here and apologize, and boy, he put on his Humboldt Broncos t-shirt to do it when he said, Baseball Canada doesn't mean anything or never did anything to me. I am the worst person you could possibly bring the feel-good Joey Votto story to. So I'm not saying there's not a big segment of the fan base that I'm sure feels very much the same way I think you do based on how you talked about this. I am just the worst possible guy to to. So you're out on Joey Votto forever? Pretty much, yeah. Because there's an... You bring up a valid point, and there are, I would say, sparingly few people still in your camp. Because yeah, I, think, I know. I know. I think he did a good job getting on the PR uh, trail immediately which, which, following which those made comments. Me, which, which, like, kind no, of furthered, ho- furthered it home. But me. I mean, but if if you are Joey Votto and you're going to, again, like, get further away from that comment yep. and, and do think about how your perception how you are perceived in yep. your country of birth, like that's maybe a move for totally. you as well, totally. right? That, that you 
you it, this is my dream to yep. return to Toronto sure. to, to play for the team that made me interested in baseball in the first place with the yep. early 90s championships yep. it, it's it it works all the way around totally. now you he can't just be a non-factor, right? Well, like, so, he has to be a capable baseball player. And he hit 202 last season, but mm-hmm. he took his walks. And he hit it, He hit 14 home runs in 65 games last season, okay? Like, yep. the power was still there for Joey Votto. He's not a guy that's playing every day, and he's a, only a DH. Yeah. He is Brandon freaking Belt. But guess who has a higher upside? Brandon freaking Belt last year at 35 or Joey Votto at 40? I'll tell you, 100 out of 100, it is Joey Votto. Yeah, it, again, I think the player can still be useful. The power numbers are surprising to to hear. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, I, it's not that I wouldn't have thought he had the total. I guess I just didn't realize the complete limited nature of, of the amount of games he played. The other thing I think, and this is a, I think this is totally a, a double-edged sword that the Jays have to be cognizant of if they do go down this road, is that if the season's going well, this will be the greatest PR move the team has ever done of him going out there and he's giving the interviews and he's holding court with Hazel three times a week and it's wonderful. But if the team takes another downturn or it's another year where you don't want, that can become Joe Biagini really quick of the guy who feels like oh, I got to do Don't talk about Joey Votto's okay. post-game okay. media availabilities and, I'm, I'm, and even bringing up the name Joe Biagini. I am worried. Do you don't think there's a case of a bad Jays team and Votto's come in here for the positive thing and him doing too much in that regard? You don't think there's a world where that can happen? I can totally see that happening. I, I don't think that's the most likely outcome, but I think you need to be very God, aware of it. you hate Joey Votto. I, look, the guy said, the guy said baseball Canada <laughs> didn't matter to him or it never helped him or whatever. It. And you know, then, people, and no, 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 but, it, must, but it must be said also the second part of that was then, and you know, people could feel however they want about it. Uh, you know, no one knows how he actually felt about it other than Joey Votto, but using the humble Broncos thing to like ingratiate himself, it does, it does rub me the wrong way. And I do still think about it. I said this to you about the Leafs schedule the earlier this mm-hmm. week. Don't ask me my opinion on something if you don't want it. Because if I got one, I'm going to give it to you. The Blue Jays passed on him like a hundred times before he was selected in the second round in the 2002 draft. Like there is a part the of... The Etobicoke Rangers. Like, I know he my was Joey Votto lore, he was, okay? He was in their backyard. Like totally. obviously... Richview Collegiate. There's there's a part of, of Joey Votto's um, probably even motivation to be the player that he is that, that he felt like... He felt slighted in some way. And you watched like Alex Bregman wears the number two because it's the number two selection and not the number one overall selection. So like, I'm sure Joey Votto did feel slighted by Canada baseball. Sure. That he is, like I said, the greatest baseball player this country has ever produced outside of Ferguson Jenkins. It's difficult to compare. People are upset about uh, Larry Walker. I'm and not going to get into all this with okay. you. And Larry Walker's like right there okay. and he's Just in the Hall of Fame. wanted to give you an opportunity to save yourself because people are not no, happy about that one. No. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Joey Votto is better uh, than Larry Walker. That's fine. You're not upsetting me one way or another with that. No. Joe, Joey Votto is all-time, all-time, all-time great. And obviously, if he played in a market other than Cincinnati, he would be viewed as such. Although the Larry Walker case is that he played in in Denver, and yeah, still made it all the way to the Hall of Fame. Larry Walker's great. Like this is <laughs> talking about how great Joey Votto is. I don't want to denigrate Canadian moose lips. Uh, which, which is every time I see it on Twitter, I'm like, what? What did they the just greatest. call him? It's oh, amazing. Yeah, he's playing to the Brent Gunnings of the world with that yeah. handle. Like he, he, all of the qualms you have with Joey Votto's Canadianness, like yeah, you're, zero. Okay, um, he, Larry Walker likes Joey Votto. Like Larry Walker Good. is is. He, he, 
he very much considers Joey Votto part of the Canadian baseball family. Joey Votto has played for Team Canada, the World Baseball Classic. I don't know has what else. Has he played more recently than 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 famous Canadian Freddie Freeman? Has he played like I like I this stuff? I'll admit I didn't. I, he was recovering from shoulder fuzzy, surgery. I'm a fuzzy on, so okay. I, am, I am not throwing that in the 1,000%. I am, this is the reason why, I, but it's a question I have. It's, it feels to me like mm-hmm. when Canada baseball shows up, again, famous Canadian, because he wants to be one, Freddie Freeman, mm. it seems to me like he shows up more often than, than Votto does. And sure. I, I am not saying that as a definitive. I'm giving, like, I've given you my opinion on Joey Votto. This is a question I am asking because I don't have it in, in front of me right now. And I do yeah, wonder. But I, that's something Joey that sticks Votto in my mind. Has certainly played in at least world one World Baseball Classic. Uh, and he played at the one that was held in Toronto for sure. But yeah, he, he was unable to play in this year's World Baseball Classic because he was recovering from shoulder surgery. He didn't start the season with the Cincinnati Reds either, right? Like, he only played 65 games because he was coming coming off shoulder surgery. He's about to be 40 years old. And, yeah, Joey Votto is not the missing piece for the Blue Jays in 2024. Like, let me also clarify that. I do not think that Joey Votto puts the Blue Jays over the finish line and all of a sudden they're, yeah, a 99-win team. I think he can adequately play the Brandon Belt role. And I think at times, yeah, he's going to look a whole lot better than Brandon Belt. And I think if you had both, if Brandon Belt doesn't decide to retire, which I guess is also on the table, but I think he's only 35 and Joey Votto's 40. He probably would like another $10 million. If I were him and I had the season (laughs) that he just had, I would say, yeah, pay me to to be the fun-loving guy where like the pressure isn't totally on me, but everything I provide is a bonus for your team. Great and I can kind of, yeah, I can write my ticket a little bit. No, both. Here's what I'll say. In 2024, if both guys start the season in Major League Baseball, I will guarantee you Joey Votto has a better season than Brandon Belt in 2024. So that's what we're talking about, filling that role as a, a part-time player and a DH or a, a pinch hit bat. And I think you satiate everybody in this marketplace that is not you. Because yeah. I like, I think you're and that, maybe less than one percent of baseball fans in the city of that's Toronto. Why I, said, I don't think I'm the right vo- Joey Votto. That's why I said I don't think I am the right person to be the weather vane on that. I think I'm a pretty good weather vane on on a lot of things when it comes to Toronto sports fans. That one, no, I will, I'll admit, I'm I'm, I'm a whirling dervish, and and that's fine. Like I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just telling you how I feel. All right, it'll be fun to see though. Uh, I would love to see it. I, I really would. And boy, would I love to see the the media availabilities post game oh, for right. Joey Votto. Yeah, and, and he'll oh, be coming for me. Instagram. He'll be coming for me. Stories. He'll be, he'll be doing go leaf stuff. He'll oh, be wearing a leaf jersey. Yeah. He's gonna take a go train to go play chess because oh. it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I right. have I, this. This I can say because you like to throw this at me. I'm good on Joey Votto. Mm. I don't need any more time to talk about him today. Okay. <laughs> We'll move on then. <laughs> we'll get back into the Raptors, and we'll talk about your beloved Leafs next as the uh, Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.